Margaret Copeland Franklin's coming to you again uh, with Diabetic Survival. And I have a particularly interesting topic that I actually want to talk to you about today. And it's one that absolutely fascinated me. And that is people who actually survive over the age of 90. So most people aren't going to get this opportunity to live over 90. How do we do it? What's the game plan? What do we need to do? Well, I was actually viewing a topic on 60 Minutes, and unfortunately I lost the video, so I can't even tell you when it was actually dated. I know, not very helpful, right? But hopefully I've retained enough information after just watching it to actually share this information with you. So today we're going to talk about old people. Yay! And I'm sort of in that category, you know, I'm like almost a couple more years till I'm like in my 50s, and so of course all these topics are of interest to me because I want to live a long, good, good, long and productive life. And it seems that, that I actually got some great mentors to actually follow. And that is, uh, that of older people. Um, so a little bit about me, my, my grandparents, they lived into the, into their eighties. And my great-grandparents, they were the fortunate ones. This was on my mother's side anyways. My my great-grandmother lived until she was 98, and my great-grandfather lived until she's 101. Now, I'm going to tell you why um, this is a good... I mean, there's, there's a good sign that I might actually uh, win that genetic lottery and actually live up into my uh, older ages. I'm, I'm hoping anyways. And this comes with the fact that uh, they always, they were actually poking fun. Now, they they actually uh, lived in Mesa, Arizona, and they were actually poking fun at the fact that, you know, my my great-grandfather, he actually ran a shoe business, and they were living under these power lines, and, like, they had these great big old huge, like, they had the huge power lines, you know, the, the, you know, anyways, the big metal huge things that you couldn't even wrap your arms around. But at the time, they were told that it was going to promote cancer, so for that nature, they might want to try to move it to a different area, and they just stayed where they were at. They they didn't want to move. And uh, I remember my great-grandfather actually chuckling about how he never got cancer the whole time that he was there. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit risky behavior there, but I think that that's healthy, too, <laughs> in a way, because he didn't let things worry him. So... My great-grandfather, who lived to 101, he may have been like 102, 103, but I think it was 101 he lived to. Um, most of his life, he enjoyed he enjoyed just doing you know, what he had always done. You know, he had the, the walnut tree and the pecan trees out back, and it was rumored my mother used to tell me that he used to eat like a whole onion every day. I, I love onions, so hopefully... You know, if that keeps me alive, you know, up until I'm 101, hey, that's great. I would love to live to 120, honestly. Just just know what it's like to live to 120. Um, But, okay, so I I watched this video, this documentary on 60 Minutes, and they were talking about, you know, they were looking at the history of the people who lived in this one kind of retirement community. This was in L.A., just outside of L.A., 
and uh, so they they actually had the fortunate the fortune of actually being able to go back and and see exactly what could have actually allowed these people to live to such a uh, a high age and many of them you know by the time you're 90 most of the people you went to school with are long gone so you're like one of the sole survivors it's nobody actually said oh well you know i really miss you know the people i went to high school with it was more of and nor did they boast about it you know they didn't say and i outlived all of my uh classmates blah 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 so it wasn't anything like that. They weren't boastful or proud or anything like that. They're just It was just like a kind of a statement. It was more of like a shock that they had outlived everybody that they went to school with. And actually, technically, by the time you're 30, I think about half your classmates have dropped off the face of the planet anyways. So at least that's been uh, my experience in, in my own high school. So you just don't think happy thoughts. You don't think sad thoughts. You just kind of think thoughts like, wow, I survived this long. And like, for instance, you think of somebody who you, you think you could have definitely seen old age and they didn't make it. You're like, why did that person make it? Why did they die in their 20s? They look like they could, you know, survive until they were like 90 or something, you know. But, um, okay, so you can't necessarily predict how long an individual is going to last just based off of looks because it's probably not right. There's a lot of things that actually put are put into play. So, of course, this was my fascination and this is what I actually wanted to actually, you know, this is why the program was so interesting to me and I definitely wanted to make a podcast on it before I forgot all the information that I actually learned so that I could share it with you because I thought it was that big of a deal. So, anyways, I'm watching this program on 60 Minutes, and they're, go, they're talking about this this community and how it had changed names. And it was, it, I, I can't remember the exact name of it. Maybe that's my cognitive function kind of declining there. But um, it was like active community for senior citizens or something like that. And, uh, of course, you know, they, they showed these people dancing or, you know, couples that you know, that were having active lifestyles, and, you know, they were happy, they were just enjoying their lives, just like they did when they were adults, you know, they'd go out to dinner, they'd have the occasional glass of wine, um, did pay attention to, like, for instance, they went through the records and stuff and talked about exercise, they had found those that exercised about 45 minutes a day, did pretty good, and it didn't matter if they broke it up, like, you know, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon, 15 minutes at at dinner time, just as long as they stayed active. I mean, this is just basic walking for the most part. Um, but there were some people who, you know, they, they exercised, you know, like they lifted weights or, you know, they jogged. But a lot of them were just walkers. So there's a lot to be said about walking. And not to mention walking such a relatively easy activity that, I mean, any of us, can, you know, that has to have legs, I should say, uh, can do this. So, you know, viewing this... Uh, opportunity, as I like to call it, was actually quite charming because, um, uh, and of course I've worked in geriatrics in the past, and so, 
you know, older people, I, I admire older people, I really do, they've been through a lot in life, some of them are sad, some of them are happy, you know, a range of emotions, just like what we have in regular life, some are depressed, some of them just doesn't seem like they can ever be affected by depression, they're always just happy, go lucky, um, that's probably the best way to be, I always try to be happy every day about something, so, um, but anyways, okay, so back to active lifestyles, so, and it wasn't just basically, you know, just moderate exercise, they did not find that people who exercised three hours a day to, uh, actually have that as a benefit, but if they exercised around 45 minutes a day, you know, they found that to be a benefit, and that's, about all I can stand anyways, but, um, you know, staying active every day was, was important, and, uh, a lot of these people, that what they did find, I, I gotta, I gotta point this out right away, because this is something that really surprised me, and some of you who like alcohol may be pleasantly surprised as well, that yes, um, a glass or two of wine, will keep you alive longer for some reason. So drink up on your wine. And I, I, I would assume that includes beer too, but for the for the study, they stuck to wine. They didn't say anything about beer, just so you know. Um, so there was that factor and the fact that they exercised. And okay, this is gonna be a super shocker to most of us who've always tried to like slim down and go on the best diet and stuff. They have actually found that gaining weight in older age will actually allow you to live longer. So, yeah, it, I, I'm not making this stuff up, okay? So, gaining weight. They didn't say obese, they just said gaining weight. So, um, and they did show a lot of these active, older Americans, and this was American City, of course, I mean, after all, it was California, no matter what you want to think about, California is not a foreign country, but, uh, not yet anyways. But these active people, it didn't mean that they were actually slim or anything. They weren't, like, overly obese. But for some reason, it it seemed to be a good thing if you actually gain a little bit of weight in your older age. So if you have that weight gain because of slow metabolism, don't fret over it because... It might actually just, you know, help you live a little bit longer. This just goes to show how little we actually know in science. Um, another an, another um, thing that I wanted to point out is, you know, they were also doing current studies on dementia. And they said exactly what I knew, I knew and what everybody likes to actually tell me. Oh, no, I'm wrong, you know study that until, I mean, you can study that, but they cannot determine dementia until after death, but I have some surprising news about that as well, you know, they, what they do is, you know, they ask, you know, these, these older patients if they can actually study their brains after they've passed on, and, you know, some of them say yes, so they actually, you know, of course, take samples of, of the brain to see exactly what was going on there with the cognitive function and such. And uh, a lot of times, you know, like especially with dementia, they'll find certain plaques in the brain. Um, I think they call them like mini strokes or something. Okay, so here's what's really interesting. So so don't don't get all panicky about the 
about the plaques on the brain, because here's something that's very interesting too. They've actually done studies of live patients where um, they have seen all kinds of plaques and stuff on the brain, but they had perfect cognitive function. So somehow the brain rewired itself past these plaques and was actually able to keep that person alive, healthy, active and of course on top of their game. Now what they didn't talk about and which I I wish they would have is how exactly these people actually kept their cognitive function up to actually be able to live such a long time and not have uh, any type of memory impairment. So they had this very simple study that they gave their, their residents once a year and it was just basically to remember three words. It was like brown, shirt, and honest is what the three words were. Now, obviously, my cognitive function is not in decline because I remember the words that were actually uh, supposed to be memorized from about half an hour ago when I actually viewed this. So uh, I'm doing pretty good considering um, because that was one of the tests. But what they would do is they would say these three words and then like uh, they do some more studies and they'd ask them what the three words were again, you know, so they'd like give it three, 10, 20 minutes, and then ask them again, and if you couldn't remember the words, then you had some, um, impaired, um, function going on there, but, you know, they didn't really go into, like, for instance, the short-term and long-term memory, like, for instance, you could tell me something like, shirt, brown, honest, and then come back to me three minutes later and ask me what those words were, and I may forget it, but then a half an hour from now, I'm going to remember what those words were. So they didn't go into the short, short and long-term memory. Uh, some of us have long-term memory that's amazing, and some of us have short-term memory that's amazing. Some have both, and what exactly they do to actually, you know, exercise their brain cognitive function is really a a mystery at this point. I don't know. So if I'm going to tell you I know something, I'm going to tell you what I know. But if I don't know, I'm not going to pretend like I do know. So I I don't know on that, that issue. So I guess the reason why I found this uh, little, you know, YouTube video fascinating is the fact that I, uh, yesterday, yesterday as a matter of fact, I was actually watching this show that showed this 122-year-old lady. I was, I was, I think it was more of a story, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure of, of who actually put it out, and I, I, I didn't even see that much of it, but I was actually fascinated by it because... Of course, she's considered the world's oldest living lady at 122. And there there were some comments on there and stuff about this lady. And she could have made it to 125 if she would have stopped smoking or something of that nature. And I thought that was hilarious. Because she had smoked for 80 years. And again, this just goes to show that (laughs) you can have bad habits and be perfectly fine until 122 years old, you know, until God finally takes you out of this world, and uh, you could not smoke a day in your life, and, you know, boom, you're gone at 40, so, um, obviously, 
what your bad habits are not are not necessarily something to take you out but in this this home as well nobody smoked and of course um, you know they were attributing their longevity as the fact that they didn't smoke which is actually you know kind of a false statement in a way because if the world's oldest woman has been smoking cigarettes her entire life for 80 years well 80 years of her 122 years that means she started later in life then obviously and I mean she smoked all the way up until the day she died okay so obviously uh, there's some people that are winning this genetic lottery and like let's say they're getting cancer or something their bodies are finding ways to make it around this cancer or around the fact that they have high blood sugars or maybe they're taking their medications or something Okay, here's something. Okay, so I, I don't know on that one. That one um, is like a, a guess, I guess you can say. But one of the things also that I, I wanted to note is that now, mind you, I take a daily vitamin. I take the women's daily chewy little gummy vitamin. I just started that. I, I uh, It was very successful for my nail and my hair. Uh, my, my nails and hair, I should say. I was going to say nail and hairs, but that doesn't sound right. Uh, so for my nails and hair, I was taking uh, multivitamin, and my hair is longer than it's ever been. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to take the vitamins because obviously the little chewy gummy things that they have at like CVS or Walgreens or Walmart, they're working. So I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and, you know, I, I'm sold on this, okay? So there's something to that, and so I, I'd be curious to know if I end up living to into my 90s, and I can actually attribute that to the, the gummy uh, women's daily vitamins that I actually took along with uh, the metformin. Okay, so, and of course I'm a big fan of metformin, at least right now until I hear something horrible about it. But, okay, that's besides the point. Okay, so back to the study. And then, of course, this is actually in this little community in California where they were able to actually view these people. They did not find that, that uh, vitamins contributed to the longevity of life. So this is a little bit disturbing because, you know, of course, we're always told take our vitamins and, you know, drink plenty of milk or cheese or something if we're strong bones. And, you know, we're told all this 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 rigmarole that we may not even need. So uh, that's interesting too. So if I had a take of this, of of what I should do to live to 90 plus, you know, if I had a little recipe, secret recipe or whatever, I would have to say that I don't really need to stop anything that I'm doing. I would probably want to add wine to my list but I'm not really a wine drinker so um but that seems to be one of the the key features and there's something about wine uh wine releases phenols I think phenol okay I can't even say the word but maybe it's propyphenols okay I'm I'm getting close propyphenols okay so anyways there's a property to wine that actually um, 
strengthens your your veins and your in your body you know and i i would believe that good healthy functioning of your body includes a, an amazing circulatory system which wine actually seems to support now i'm not talking becoming a wino i'm talking about a, a, a cup or two of wine and uh this has had phenomenal benefits around the world already and i've already read this so many times about wine actually allowing people to live a very long time so you winos out there be proud but make sure you're not drinking more than one a cup or two um another thing they said was a contributing factor was caffeine so they're they're saying that coffee drinkers also gain certain benefits to that so if you're i i would imagine if you're drinking you know several cups of coffee in the morning you know enjoying yourself during the day you know you do your 45 minutes of exercise and then at night time you know you maybe um go out to dinner have some wine maybe go out dancing you know to get the rest of your exercise in you're doing what you need to do for a nice long life congratulations this is amazing um but it doesn't seem like there's any hardcore recipe plan like you must be like Jack LaLanne and you know carry boats across the harbor in your teeth or something like that it it's not saying that it's just saying live a happy life enjoy your life you're going to live longer now uh of course there's always factors to that like for instance if your grandparents died at 65 and all your aunts and uncles died at around 65 or so and um there's probably a good marker there that you don't have that great of genetics and you're probably not going to live longer even if you do those things but at least if you try to be happy and just kind of enjoy your life that is going to be a deciding factor Another thing is they didn't say anything about people who didn't work hard all their lives or did work hard all their lives and we're talking about the world of work of course lived any longer or any shorter than anybody else Of course I I believe you can work yourself into a grave I don't know why anybody would want to but I I believe you could So um I guess the only thing that I really got out of it was the wine and the fact that they weren't smokers but then again I I found the counter article where this lady lived the oldest lady in the world smoked and I mean nobody was going to tell her what to do I mean <laughs> I think it's kind of funny I I mean that's why I'm laughing about it is because um I I've heard of people where okay I'm going to try not to laugh about this I have heard of people where their doctors told them that they had to stop smoking and stop drinking and they killed over dead. I've heard stories like that how true they are, I don't know. But it doesn't sound like these people necessarily fall into that pattern where their doctors are telling them to stop doing what they're doing. Um and of course if it's part of their lifestyle, of course, you know, they're probably going to look at their doctor like they're crazy anyways. It's like, "Hey, I'm 80 years old." You're not going to tell me now that I need to stop smoking or stop drinking. I mean, my I've lived my life anyways. I've lived a very long time. So, why do you tell me this? But now they have now I I know none of us want to think about our grandparents like, you know, still being able to like date and have relationships and stuff like that. It no offense, but you know, we, we just don't want to think of, you know, our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents doing stuff like that because 
you know, there are family members. We don't want to think about that stuff. But uh, that was also another contributing factor to their longevity of their lives. I mean, they were still dating. They still fell in love. They still had all those wonderful emotions that we experience when we're uh, meeting our first loves when, uh, you know, when we're younger. And uh, so that uh, was definitely a beautiful thing. So, and, and talking with my own doctors, now my own doctors were not neglectful when they told me this stuff because a long time ago, I listened intently to what my doctors and my dietitian had to say at the time. And at the time, I was trying like heck, I knew there was something wrong with me, you know, like I was gaining weight and so I didn't know why, so I was exercising like two hours a day trying to lose this weight. I was trying to eat what I felt was healthy at the time and um, not having too much success at the time. I mean, I had a little bit, but not a lot. And uh, then, of course, with a dietitian and then watching videos with certain doctors and finding out what was bad for diabetics and how diabetics are certainly not normal, quote unquote. Well, I knew I was never like normal per se. So I knew there were things I needed to change about me, so that's why I listened to my doctors. But my doctors weren't dead set on, you shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't drink. That didn't come till later, but um, it's not like I've done like illegal drugs or anything, and it's not like I drink, I'm not an alcoholic. So, you know, like, they didn't really talk about, you know, like my smoking habit too much because when they checked my lungs, my lungs were fine. The only time I ever got the, you need to stop smoking was somebody who did not actually physically check my health. And it was just a random person passing and asking if I wanted a nicotine patch, which I don't, I don't want a nicotine patch. I don't want to quit. So I think you need to want to quit to actually quit. And not to mention that the world's oldest lady died at 122 and she smoked and hey George Burns did as well that I'm just not buying it I'm not buying into it because our medicines and what we know and stuff of that nature change all the time now of course smoking isn't all that great on the body you know it's not great on the teeth it's not great on your blood vessels your veins it's not good to help prevent heart attacks there's a lot of things that smoking is not good for, okay? And um, it's, it's one of the things, like, if you read, it's like, one of the things you want to do is quit smoking, blah, blah, blah. It's general advice. So your doctor already knows you know all this stuff. And But I think that when you eventually quit doing something that you love to do, that's your decision. You let that be your decision, not anybody else's. Because you certainly don't want to go from smoking a pack and a half a day or a pack or half a pack to nothing and then it kills you the next day. And then you're going to wonder why. When you're in the heavenly realms, why you actually quit smoking if you could, could, could have continued to enjoy it. Okay, I don't think anybody does that. But it's just my point that I'm making. Is be who you are if um, that makes you comfortable. There's plenty of people who've tried to quit drinking, for instance, and uh, they stopped for a period of time, and then they started drinking again, and then they ended up dying of alcoholic toxicity. 
toxicity. Um, and okay, so uh, I can think of one movie star who, not movie star, she was actually, uh, what's her name? Amy something, Winehouse. Amy Winehouse had quit drinking for a period of time and then she just decided to go back and start drinking again and then she died. So you don't you, you don't want to become a statistic like that, right? Like if you're gonna quit drinking, for instance, do it right, especially if you've been drinking for a while. Go into rehab because a lot of bad stuff can happen to you if you try to go cold turkey. Can you go cold turkey? Sure you can. But at the same time, you're going to be going through withdrawal symptoms and you might do something crazy. And I've had, I've known people that have died because of it as well. And I miss them terribly. So don't become a statistic. You don't need to become a statistic. Make sure that if you are on something that uh, you're going to have withdrawals from, that you have what you need in place so that you don't, you know, end up dead. There's no reason for that. Live a long time. Make it a goal to live 90 plus years. Even if you don't, at least, uh, at least you tried, right? And I think for the Amy Winehouses of the world, you know, uh, just know that there are other alternatives. Uh, rehab's not necessarily so bad, you know. Despite her song, uh, Rehab, I think it's called Rehab, um, where she said no, no, no. Okay, so any, any of you guys looking up Amy Winehouse and looking for that music, it's actually a pretty good song. She was a great musician. And I did not know about Amy Winehouse until she passed on, by the way. And I'm so upset by it because I would have absolutely loved listening to her music as it was coming out. So, yes, please, don't be a statistic. So, with that being said, I just wanted to say I appreciate my listening audience so much. Um... There are a lot more people actually listening to this podcast than I could have ever dreamed of. And so I want to thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you you get something out of my podcast. If not, hopefully I've entertained you for a little bit. So if this is old information to you, that's fantastic. That means that you could probably teach me a thing or two. But anyways, I have two Facebook pages... Um, one is uh, Diabetes Aware and the other one is Diabetes and Exercise. Occasionally, once in a blue moon, I actually post on there some really awesome exercise routine on my Diabetes and Exercise page. On my Diabetes Aware page, I usually uh, post things that come out that um, pertain to diabetics and can possibly help you. The new stuff that, that comes out that I learn about. Now, I've actually been uh, studying this topic uh, for now over a decade. So I'm going on year 11, and every day I dedicate it to uh, the longevity and healthiness and good eating and good exercise of living a long time with diabetes. Because uh, in the past, we had short, short lifespans because they didn't know how to deal with diabetes. 
We are in an age today where we can live just as long as anybody else. And if there are women that are living to 122, then there's no reason why you and I cannot live to 122 or maybe even longer. So if we get anywhere near that, we're successful. Well, heck, if we get to just being normal and living a normal life, we're successful. And if we live longer because we actually are paying attention to our health now, then we're actually that much ahead. So thank you very much to my listening audience from all over the world. Um, I definitely would not be doing these podcasts without your contributions. And what I'm talking about with contributions is not necessarily money because I haven't made any money on this. But uh, contributions such as your comments or your letters or your like, hey, can you research this topic? Because I love that kind of stuff. Or what do you think about this? And I'll I'll give you my opinion. I'm not a doctor by any means, but um, I would have loved to have become one. Uh, (laughs) I don't think I'm smart enough to become one. Maybe I am. I don't know. But um, I just absolutely love this topic because... I know it can help so many people. Now, a little bit about me. When I first began into the world of diabetes, and another reason why I'm actually doing this, because you got to know this. When they told me, when I went in for my healthy exam, and they told me I was a pre-diabetic, this was 10 plus years ago, I thought my world was over. I thought I was going to die tomorrow. I did not know how I was going to handle this. There was, I I went to the internet and I found all these weird articles They had nothing to do with diabetes. And one of the things that I found is nobody was on the same page with it. So this was 10 plus years ago. Now today there are really good doctors that are coming out and they're doing their podcasts and they're doing an amazing job um, on their YouTube channels and they're explaining things and diets and how the body actually works and why we're insulin resistant and why we're different because you know you always felt like you were different anyways right you, you really are you very you you are very unique the 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 genetics that make up you is very unique and what your body needs is very unique and how your body handles that is very unique so you can take it one of two ways there's some people that they just you know what they, they're already to the point of where they have to inject their insulin and they could care less about their diabetes it's not going to rule their life and they're not going to actually explore that topic they're just going to do what the doctor tells them they're going to continue drinking they're going to continue doing drugs or whatever and okay short lifespan it's not necessarily long longevity longevity is not necessarily their goal and it may not be your goal or it may be your goal and so if it is your goal do everything you can to actually do what's going to help keep you alive longer right i mean that just totally makes sense to me so i didn't have the resources back when i first became diabetic to actually say okay this is what i need to do yada 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 and so that's it and continue on with my life i didn't have that fortunate aspect as a matter of fact I found everything quite confusing, and I didn't even know any diabetics at the time. I still kind of don't know any diabetics. I, I mean, I've met a few, but um, I, I've noticed that there's a lot of lost souls out there because they're busy with their families, they're busy with their careers, they're busy with their ambitions. They don't want to look at diabetes. They don't want to even 
they don't even want to have it. And I would have to say that I'm going to turn this around and try to make it a blessing instead of making it a curse. Because a lot of people think of it as a curse. I'm going to do everything that I can to uh, continue doing my healthy plan so I don't have to actually inject and become a serious insulin-dependent diabetic. Now, um, if I if I do become one, I'm not going to refuse it. I'm going to do what I have to do to become healthy. But if I can keep it off metformin, I've been told that with proper diet exercise, taking my metformin, that I may have to take my metformin for the rest of my life, but I'm not going to have to become injectable, hopefully. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. So keep your fingers crossed for me too, and I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you as well. That's what you're doing. Okay, so again, thank you, my listening audience. You guys are amazing. And again, there's so many different countries. Oh, and all the different platforms. I have got eight different platforms that you can actually listen on. This is which I find absolutely amazing. Um, so eight different platforms, which I seem to get right away when I first started my podcast. But also uh, my listening audience from from oh let's see Africa you're on there Australia you're on there England thank you hi guys how's it going Canada you're amazing here in America amazing now uh, I know that uh, there has been some shift lately on the uh, let's say the like here in America where they're trying to like censor people speaking and stuff you know openly and honestly hopefully that never comes to this talking more political so uh, America's kind of like going down um, hopefully well hopefully not a slippery slippery slope I hope when it comes to free speech but I do know for instance they have um, unfortunately blocked our president from actually speaking on certain channels a lot of major channels and so I'm not necessarily pleased with what the networks are doing, but uh, from what I heard, they're actually trying to actually free that up, because that's not what America is about, by the way. We're all about free speech and speaking and helping each other out, and uh, unfortunately, there's there's some evil powers, evil beings, I guess you would call it, that want to censor certain people and shut them up and not have them talk. But again, that's more of the political sense, and which is absolutely horrible. It's an absolute 100% mistake because uh, people on those platforms need to be able to speak freely, especially if you're the president of the United States and uh, you're, you're, you're working with several investigations, serious investigations, where um, the stuff needs to come out to the American people. So we are being censored and uh, suppressed, and it's really sad to actually have to even say that, but um, it is true. And so America needs an outlet where we can get around these uh, oligarchs who want to take away our freedom to speak. So we need help from outside outside uh, forces, hopefully, that can come up with platforms or something where we can actually speak freely so that 
we can actually speak for the rest of the world. And I mean, well, I guess I'm more talking for them, for the, for the political stance than, than I am for this. But I mean, if they can actually censor me personally on Twitter and Facebook because of uh, something I, I posted online, then of course, and me, and I'm just a little guy, then what do you think they're doing to the President of the United States and uh, some people who actually have important information that we need to know? So, um, so it's, it's pretty tough times right now, but hopefully that'll get worked out um, soon. All right, so it's, it's about 20 minutes in. So again, thank you. This has been Margaret Copeland Frankowitz uh, with Diabetic Survival. And I just want you to know I'm on your side. So please write in to um, any, any one of my channels again, Diabetes Aware or Diabetes Exercise on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, uh, it's called Her Name Is, and then 2017, you can actually send me a message. And uh, also my email, which is probably the best way to reach me, especially since Twitter and Facebook like to censor people just because just random blocks and I, I've been through it a couple of times for no reason at all but anyways if you want to email me they never they haven't they haven't censored me there yet um, I'm not a big political figure so of course I'm not necessarily on ra- radar it's just random horribleness from these companies but okay so my gmail account is margaretrico2015 at gmail.com if you want to go ahead and send me a letter um, I would and you know what? I'm going to open this up. Somebody wants to write me a letter, uh, write me any topic, random topic. And you know what? We'll talk about it. Um, there's quite a bit I do know. There's still stuff I don't know. But if I don't know, I'll research it. I'll find out. And then we can talk about it, chat with, about it, and open that up for discussion. Okay? So, um, again, that's margaretrico2015 at gmail.com. I would love to read your letter on the air. Just... Give me permission in your letter, like, for instance, uh, I give you permission to read this on the air because I don't want to, like, read something out loud on the air, and then I don't even have your permission, and then you yell at me. I I certainly don't want to do that, so don't want to cause any trouble. All right. (laughs) With that being said, thank you so much for listening, and I will probably be posting another podcast later. Who knows? Depends on how I have some time. And uh, anyways, be kind to each other. Just be kind to each other. Don't, don't block anybody on Facebook. You know, if you don't get along with somebody, just delete them. They probably don't want to hear any more from you anyways. And, and vice versa, right? Okay, thank you. Until next time, this is Margaret Copeland-Frankwitz. Have a great day. Thank you.